0: This is Sports and Torts with David Spada and Elliot Harris on TalkZone.com.
1: On the phone we have a baseball Hall of Famer. He managed the Kansas City Royals and also the St. Louis Cardinals, to mention a few. He also was a player back in his younger days, Hall of Famer Whitey Herzog. Whitey, I see that you uh, got drafted by the Yankees. Was that your dream growing up to play for the Yankees?
0: Well, when I'm, I'm old enough, uh, there was no draft. I mean, uh, in those days, everybody could sign anybody. And uh the Cubbies, Joe Kernan, came in tried to sign me. The Browns wanted to sign me. And then the Yankees came in and gave me a line of bull. That the Maja was getting old, and uh, <laughs> I signed with them. So uh, whether it was a mistake or not, it turned out okay. I got to the big leagues, got traded to Washington in 1956, and uh, was never what I'd call a good enough ball player to be a regular, but I did get eight and a half years as a player in the big league.
1: Did you envision hitting a lot of home runs over that short right-field fence at Yankee Stadium? I
0: never, never played, played a game uh, for the Yankees in uniform. I went to spring training with them twice to the rookie league, and then uh, I got traded. But, uh, I, uh, you know, the Yankee Stadium right-field wall, you had it at the corner of you and right center. It wasn't that short, but... Uh, I would have loved to play there, but uh, that's the place to play. That's when they were winning everything. Of course, when I was playing in the big leagues from 60, uh, 56 to uh, through 64, the Yankees were a powerhouse. That's when they had the M boys turn them up.
1: Yeah, Mano and Maris didn't get much better than that. Right. What did Casey Stengel, what kind of influence did he have on you as a player?
0: Well, I always looked up the case as being the best uh, fundamental teacher I've ever known. Uh, he he was the darnest guy I'd ever seen. Everybody thought he was a clown. And when they came to the Yankees, uh, George Weiss got ridiculed because he was kind of exiled in the Pacific Coast League for about 12, 14 years. And when he came to the Yankees, he stepped into a wonderful position, uh, replaced uh, Bucky Harris, I think. And then in 49, won his first uh, uh, World Series. And then I think he won 10 out of 12 in 12 years. I think he had 12 World Series championships. But Casey and I got to be pretty good friends. Uh, I uh, I was with him with the Mets in the latter years of his life after uh, he was managing and uh, – was with us all the time in spring training when I was in charge of the minor leagues. And uh, he was a wonderful teacher and a uh, very, very astute baseball man.
1: Do you think there'll ever be another manager like Casey Stengel that was so wise and knew how to handle all these stars?
0: I don't understand what you're saying, Dave. Do, I- nope.
1: Do you think there'll be another manager like Casey? Because, I mean, Casey had a lot of personalities to deal with and stars, but he had the respect of his players.
0: Well, I and I don't think there'll ever be another manager. I just don't think there'll be another guy like Casey. He was the greatest ambassador uh, that baseball ever had. You know, I mean, he, uh, he was so popular. I I think if, if I can go back in history, because I'm pretty old and so forth, I don't think any managers ever, ever drew people except Casey Stengel. I think that Casey was part of the, The Yankees had the years they were winning, but people came to see Casey Stengel. And I was thinking that was true after he even went over to the Mets of the expansion team because uh, they didn't finish out of last place until 1966. I mean, uh, uh, and, uh, and they were still drawing 2 million people, and I think part of that was Casey Stengel. I always laugh when I
1: see your quote, baseball has been good to me since I quit trying to play it. How did that come about?
0: Well, it's the truth. I mean, I wasn't uh, what you'd call a guy that burned him up, and I was kind of an extra man in the big leagues. And uh I, I think I made that statement after uh, we won a few pennants here in St. Louis and a few division titles in Kansas City. And uh, I, I was making pretty good money as a manager, and uh, that's when I made the statement.
1: What I never understood is why Casey wanted to manage the Mets and go to an expansion team. I mean, he had all that success with the Yankees. You'd think it'd be it would have been difficult for him to try to even match that.
0: Well, you know, the Yankees retired Casey. At, uh, they said it was mandatory at 70 that they have as a retirement age for their employees. <clears throat> Casey wanted to keep managing. And he loved the big city, and the big city loved him, and uh, you know, he, uh, I don't think he worried too much about winning and losing in those days because I think that first year the Mets lost 120 some games and, uh, it <laughs> had to be tough. But Casey kept the writers, uh, uh, you know, laughing and going on and he'd sit and drink with them all night. He was a strong man and, uh, he was just, uh, uh, you know, very receptive with the writers and the writers all loved him and there was a lot of media in New York, which, you know, how did you decide to go into scouting? Well, I, uh, I really, I uh, think Peters uh, was the uh, farm director of Tennessee Kansas City A's at that time, and Charlie Finley was the owner, and uh, their um, scout uh, was uh, Gleason. Jimmy Gleason was taken to the Yankees as a coach. So they had an opening on the scouting thing, and uh, I was lucky enough to replace him. And uh, I love scouting. I got the draft the first year in 1964 before the free agent draft started in 65. And uh, it was like you had to know the players personally, the parents. It was was really fun scouting at that time. Who was your first
1: big find as a scout?
0: Well, you know, I was... uh, I think that first year, uh, I signed uh, 12 ballplayers for about $125,000, and uh, uh, seven of them got on the big league roster in two years, so everybody thought that I might know what I was looking at and so forth. And uh, there's a lot of guys that were out there in the bushes uh, with me that, you know, just Anyway, They would turn down Mickey Mantle if they saw him in a high school game. But uh, I was lucky enough that I got to scout the Northern League, the Basin League. And, of course, I had a good territory in Missouri, Kansas, Oklahoma, uh, half of Arkansas, Northern Texas. So I had a pretty big territory. And uh, there was a lot of good high school baseball and college baseball out there. How
1: gratifying was it to know that the players you scouted and signed Turned the Mets in the World Series champs in '69 and '73. I don't
0: understand the point of that question.
1: Oh, how 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 did it make you feel knowing that the players that you drafted and signed became the key members of the
0: '69 and '73 uh, Mets? Well, actually, uh, you know we. Uh, When we won the World Series in 1969, the first expansion club to do it, I was the uh, director of player development for the Mets in charge of the minor leagues. And uh, on that World Championship Club in uh, 1969, we never had a number one pick that we took. uh, Les Rohr, uh, Chilcott, or anybody that was on that team, nobody had made the big leagues. But we did run a lot of tie-out camps. We uh, made a lot of good moves, and we signed a lot of good young pitchers. But uh, uh, we got Seaver out of a hat when only four clubs got in the thing after uh, Atlanta had signed him illegally. They drew our name. Uh, Jerry Kuzman was in the service, and uh, I think we drafted him for twelve. him, signed him for twelve hundred dollars. Uh, Gary Gentry, our number three starter with the Mets that year, was uh, became ineligible scholastically at uh, Arizona State and uh, couldn't play the next year, and we got him in the secondary draft. So uh, we made some good moves, and we also were very lucky with uh, the fact that they drew Seaver out of the hat. And we were able to get Kuzman because some usher walked into the front office in new york and told joe mcdonald who was out of the minor leagues about body and uh i uh, read murfresh got one down on him so without Seaver and kuzman i don't think you'd have heard much about the mets in 69 and 73
1: i know cub fans wish they never heard of the mets in 69
0: well you know they call it the miracle Mets and uh we had outstanding pitching and uh, Gil did a great job managing along with Rube Walker, Handling, the young pitching staff and so forth. And uh you know, people forget that the next year, uh in September we were right in the race and uh uh we I think we were just a few games out of first place and we played Pittsburgh uh, back to back four game series and then uh, near the end of the season they beat us seven out of eight and they won in seventy. Uh, but, but the fact really remains that you have good starting pitching every day, where a blue pit, an air, or anything can, uh, win a ball game for you because you're in, in every game with your good pitching. And, and that was a to our success.
1: When Gil Hodges died and you were passed over for manager in favor of Yogi Berra, did that hurt you that deeply that you said, you know what, I want out of here?
0: No, I mean, not so much. I, uh, I never looked at it that way. I always felt that no matter what my job was, I wanted to be the best at it, whether I was the third base coach or the retro player development and so forth. I know the New York press was very good to me and I was very popular when I was with the Mets and maybe they were saying that, but I never heard that said by anything. I, I turned down a few big league minds and jobs before I ever did take the one to Texas, which uh, wasn't too smart a move, but, uh, Ted Williams talked me into taking over the Rangers in 73, and I didn't even last a year and got fired.
1: <laughs> it doesn't seem like they gave you a chance there. It seemed like when they heard Billy Martin was available, they said, let's get
0: Billy, and that was it. <laughs> well, Bob Sharp was the owner. And when Billy got fired in Detroit on Sunday morning, he was in the dugout, and uh, I heard him whisper that one wanted somebody else in the dugout. He said, I'd uh, fire my grandmother to hire Billy Martin. Well, I turned out to be the grandmother. I guess he
1: had to listen to the grandmother. (laughs) When you went to Kansas City, you built that team on speed and defense. Was that your object from the
0: start? Well, I I really think when I went to Kansas City, I just stepped into a wonderful situation after being in a bad situation in Texas. Uh, When I went to the Angels and coached their base for – Bobby Winkles in 1964, I mean, uh, in 74. Uh, I, uh, I, uh, I, I got, I was lucky that Joe Burke, the general manager of Texas went to Kansas City and, uh, when he had to make a move with Mr. Jack McKeon, I was one of the lucky ones that was interviewed and I got the job. But, uh, it was a great situation. I had uh, George Brett come up as a 21-year-old rookie. Uh, John Mayberry was there. He did 39 home runs a year before. I had a great AstroTurf shortstop in uh, Freddy Patek that they got from Pittsburgh. But I had even soda Sal McRae, and I had two guys sitting on the bench that weren't playing. And I put them in the lineup after watching them work out for about two weeks, and they turned out to really be good ball players with Frank White and Al Collins. And I think uh, getting uh, Daryl Porter in the trade to give us a catcher that we needed, uh, to go with uh, crafty left-handers like Gura from the Yankees, split off, uh, Bosby had hurt his arm by the time I got there, but we had drafted, uh, a kid from Flushing, New York, and a and he turned out to be a great pitcher for us. So I think it was a fact that I stepped into a bad situation in Texas, but a wonderful situation in Kansas City.
1: The only problem was you had to go against a Yankee team every year, and they were just so even dominant in the late 70s.
0: Well, the big thing was uh, we never spent any money in Kansas City on free agency, and uh, when free agency started, uh, George, of course, you know, he got... Uh, signed a lot of people and of course uh, uh, he had Sparky Lyle in the bullpen that had won the Cy Young and the Roll A's and then he signed Gossage and uh, I had them two guys in the bullpen. They got a little bit lucky with Guidry, a skinny left-handed nobody in the organization liked till I liked him and then all of a sudden they brought him up to see what he looked like and uh, he turned out to be the number one pitcher in the, in the league for years. So uh, uh, you know, a five-game series after you play 162 games uh, is not really fair. You know, it's it's amazing even now in the playoffs in baseball. I, I was was hoping that the first series would be seven because at least you'd have to use four starters once in a while. But how uh, you never use your fifth starter, the strength of your team, how you got there isn't really showing up in the playoffs because. Well, generally you win because you had five pretty good starting pitchers. What made you decide to go to the Cardinals? I was looking for a job. I'd gotten fired in Kansas City after the '79 season. uh, We finished uh, three games out of first place and uh, set an all-time attendance record. And uh, when Mr. Bush called and told me to come in St. Louis, uh, that's when I took the job. Did you want control over the personnel as
1: well as managing if you took that job?
0: Well, I had a wonderful owner, Gussie Bush, and a wonderful relationship with him, and we had an agreement that uh, he'd give me a budget, and I'd stay within uh, $500,000 of it every year, over or under, and uh, uh, I I could do it. When I was wearing both hats as general manager and manager, all I had to do I uh, was letting know if I traded somebody before it got in the paper. So that was a pretty good way uh, to operate. And uh, once I got everything in place in 82, I uh, had my assistant, Joe McDonald, become the general manager. And uh, we went on a one a little series and a couple of pennants and uh, you know, in 85 and 87.
1: I think the best trade you pulled off was that Ozzie Smith for Gary Templeton.
0: Well, it kind of put the icing on the cake. Uh, we had traded fourteen ballplayers and got eleven back at the winter meetings in nineteen eighty. We had the best record in eighty-one. That's when we had the strike in the split season, and uh, uh, us in Cincinnati would have won our divisions if they'd have with the schedule. But uh, we finished one half game in the first half and the second half because we played one less game and so forth. So. Uh, nobody remembers that, of course, but uh, Tommy started did something no other manager in history will ever do. He finished six and a half games out of first place and, and uh, without a wild card won a World Series.
1: Boy, Whitey like, what a great guy. Could have talked to him for an hour. But again, we have to get to our next guest, former Miami Dolphin, offensive lineman, Richmond Webb. Stay tuned here on Sports and Sports on TalkZone.com.